And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello everyone, and thanks for tuning in. I'd like to take a second to thank our sponsor, The Ready Cafe, located in Portland, Oregon. I haven't been able to make it to Portland and visit The Ready as much as I'd like during the pandemic, so now I order their beans online, and you can too. Visit thereadecafe.com, that's T-H-E-R-E-D-E-C-A-F-E, and order a bag of beans, some tea, or a gift card for your best friend. Enjoy the show. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for uh, putting this together. It's good to see you. Of course, man. I've seen you twice in one week. I know, right? Thank you again for for being a part of that. I definitely appreciate it. It was incredible. I I probably could go. It could be a different podcast. Thank you for it. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you right now? I'm in Los Angeles. We've been here. We moved out here from the East Coast last summer. Oh, you did? Yep. So it's been almost a year and a half and uh, about half of that time has been quite strange as everyone knows. So, uh, but it feels good. My wife is, is, was born and raised in LA. So it was a, it was a family move and she was just kind of feeling the the pull back West. So it, um, it feels good. It's nice. Yeah. I've been on the West coast my entire life and I think I've lived in most of the major cities and I'm starting to think about the Northeast. Wow. But I don't know. I'll probably just stick it out here until we burn down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a couple weeks left. We're good. We're <laughs> yeah. Good. So since the the pandemic started, um, what's your day look like? 
Well, let's see. They all feel like one big day at this point, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think now, now we're in a groove. I have a six-year-old son. He's in first grade, so you know everything's on Zoom. And you know, man, first of all, just a quick shout out to the teachers out there. There, I'm with you. I am with you. I am in the exact same position. I've got a six-year-old boy. So oh, cool. I'm oh, with great. you. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so as you know, since things shut down in March, it was kind of like the wild west and the school just trying to shuffle and figure it out. And then when they came back in the fall, it feels a lot more structured and intentional and cool. So in that way, I'm trying to use his structured schedule for myself to try to build in a Mm -hmm. little more intention. And uh, yeah, we, we've been going to sleep early and getting up early and that is fairly new for me. I mean, talk about East Coast, West Coast. It's very dangerous to speak in such general terms. But for me, New York represents a place of like, that's a nighttime city. And you can yeah. stay out all night. And then your mornings tend to suffer, you know. Right, <laughs> for, yeah, yeah. For one reason or another. Um, but out here, I've really been enjoying the mornings. And I find my creative brain does well in the evening. But my more practical, like, get shit done brain is is good in the morning. So I've been trying to take advantage of that, get up and actually get some stuff done and just keep just keep the momentum. And, and you know, at the beginning of everything, I just conceded to the reality and I said, all right, let's just wait till it's over. But that started to feel really powerless and not so good, you know, so uh, just trying to pick my battles creatively if the inspiration does appear grab that thing and and really try to make the most of it and if it doesn't smile and go about your day and watch some baseball or play basketball in the backyard whatever it may be you know just find find whatever way I can to keep those juices flowing and not just simply wait for things to return like what what can we be doing to you know be really on top of our game when things are back yeah yeah, so I guess I didn't really answer your question, but a day looks like <laughs> now a day looks like some online school and um I've been doing a little more teaching which which I was hesitant to do in a virtual manner before mm-hmm. the shutdown. Um I really enjoy teaching, but I was a little skeptical of the ins and outs of how it would work online, but it's actually been really rewarding because I try to make it as much of an exchange of ideas and as back and forth as possible. It's not like I have a shtick that I just deliver each time, you know? Uh So that's nice to keep me present and like challenge myself to, you know, stay sharp. And we live in a little neighborhood. So just hang out in town, do some walks and it's super mellow, but, but we're happy. So, you were in Los Angeles when the um, protests and the marches started. Did you see much of that from where you live? Or did you participate? You know, um, none of it really came through our neighborhood. It's kind of uh, pretty neighborhoody, you know, but um, that was still technically at the end of my son's kindergarten year. And his, uh, through some of his friends, they arranged some five and six year old versions of those protests. And those were amazing you know it was super cool so everybody made signs and and my son was really into it and he made some really cool signs one of which we turned into a t-shirt we scanned the image Uh and got it printed on a bunch of t-shirts and donated that money 
um, to, yeah, NAACP Legal Defense Fund, trying to, you know, do what we can, you know, with all of, it was such a unique energy in unison with COVID, you know, so for us, it was a little less so about being physically in the middle of the action and just trying to do what we could from, from home in our little neighborhood. Yeah. Since the movement has had a reinvigoration, have you noticed a change in your behavior or your community's behavior or your peer community's behavior? The way I feel now is consistent with the way I've felt. Mm -hmm. I think the change is just being a little more clear about how I feel, (laughs) Uh, being more open about sharing how I feel and trying to not let stuff slide, even in the smallest ways, really try to shine a light on the things that aren't cool. Uh, And a lot of that for me, I'm not by nature, I'm not a confrontational person. So I had to do a little soul searching to know that like, you know, these particular things are not okay. And to play my part, whatever small part it may be, I have to shine a light on those things that are not cool and not just call them out, but try to offer a path out of them Mm -hmm. and a path through them, you know? It seems to me like what's happening right now is going to last a lot longer than, than any smaller movements in my lifetime. It seems like we got a longer game going on now, which is great and great for our kids. It's almost like, you know, you don't want to intimidate people or shame people, but culturally it's gotten to a point of people are really confronting the idea that silence is, you know, you're, you're complicit at this point. I mean, like you're saying other previous movements in my lifetime, silence was always kind of the third option and you, and and it was almost okay. Like eh, kind of indifference and, but no longer. You know, and that and that's huge. And that's huge. That's a big factor. Yeah. Um, we can make this a long answer. Or we can make it a short answer. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about the election? Good. And the reason I'm feeling good is because I'm going to vote for the person that I want to be president. When I keep it on that scale, I'm cool because that's within my power. And I'm mm-hmm. so excited to drop the little ballot in the drop box. And now, of course, there's a temptation to think about all the things that are out of your control, which mm-hmm. can lead to sleepless nights. <laughs> and I'd be lying if I said I didn't think about those things. But for the sake of this answer, I feel good because I'm going to enthusiastically vote. And I do believe if everyone else does so, the right guy is going to win. How do you feel? The short answer is I'm starting, I voted today. Something about going through it and going through the local measures and judges and stuff, just going through the whole voting process made me feel a little bit better that I am, (laughs) I just started talking about it. I get a little bit worried about it. (laughs) Right. Well, you know. It's so um, important to me, you know, and I'm not saying it is novel how important it is to me. It's always been somewhat important, but the level of importance to me this time around is more than anything has ever been for me. Mm-hmm. Just to share, you know, I think um, if there's anything we could learn from this time four years ago, it's that we need to make zero assumptions and be mm-hmm. super diligent and not relax because I have to admit, four years ago, you know, I voted in person hit the button, 
And I even took a moment to say like, hey, freeze, like, remember this. Here we are, African-American guy as our president, and now we're going to have a woman. Like, what a cool life to be born into, right? So I'm just cruising. I'm already, I'm there. I'm thinking about all the fascinating things. and, And then that night, you're watching TV and you're watching the numbers come in and you're like, what? So, you know, I'm trying to be cool and just go about it and see what happens. But I have faith for sure. Good. You know? Good. Yeah. Well, outside of um, the news of the elections and pandemics and vaccines, are you reading or watching anything that's fun? Yeah. I've been reading a lot of this guy, Ram Das. Do you know Ram Das by chance? Remind me. I think the, the thing that put him on the map was uh, this book called Be Here Now, which is the early 70s, maybe 71. He was born as Richard Alpert, and he um, had this life as uh, really in academia and psychology. And he and Timothy Leary were professors at Harvard, and they, they're kind of credited with spearheading the psychedelic movement and and in the beginning with psilocybin and eventually lsd it it they were totally above board they were doing it as harvard professors and doing these studies it was all legal you know and granted those drugs started to get abused and the narrative totally changed and the government it became a huge thing for the government these drugs are evil and all this stuff so they got fired long story short he goes to india to pursue this spiritual path finds his guru and really uh, comes back home. This is an embarrassingly shortened timeline of this guy's <laughs> incredible life. He comes back and starts to share this stuff in the West. You know, it's just beautiful. I'm not necessarily a religious person, but um, you know, this spiritual path really intrigues me, and especially when it's very open and not too dogmatic. You know. And I mean, geez, talk about music and what we were talking about, improvising, being in the moment. It's like there's so many parallels and so many things to learn from there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm deep in it at the moment. Be Here Now was was really a trip to read. And um, there are many, many lectures of his on YouTube that I'm just I'll just throw those on. And but there's something about Ram Dass and the way he speaks. He's a kid who grew up in Boston and you know, he went on this serious trip, you know, but still in the way he communicates, he's very charismatic. And a lot of the analogies are just a bit more relatable and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, specific to maybe experiences we've had as um, growing up in the States and all that stuff. So yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind. have much touring scheduled in 2021 yeah um you know in in my little jazz world it's kind of um usually smaller chunks a couple weeks at a time i was meant to be in europe in april for a couple weeks and then we were going to do a couple weeks in the summer in the fall as well it's a lot of back and forth a lot you know like i was saying shorter chunks a lot of flying and you know i'm in the same boat as anybody else it's trying not to think about the dollars that didn't arrive, you know? Um, yeah. But again, the thing that 
makes it easier for me to relax into the reality is that we're all fucking dealing with it. Yeah. So, you know, were you were you meant to be gone a lot? Yeah, we had touring scheduled a lot of it, <laughs> a ton of it. Yeah. Yeah. All of it canceled. Have you had anything rescheduled? Yes. Uh-huh. Basically, all of the summer got just pushed to next summer. Uh-huh. And hopefully that still sticks, you know. I think I definitely have some friends who are playing a bunch of gigs around Europe. Maybe not a bunch, but starting to play gigs around Europe. And they seem to be working out with, you know, limited capacity and following all the protocols and stuff. So though that tour was meant to be in Europe. So hopefully they continue to have their shit together way more than us so that we get to benefit by going over there and mm-hmm. playing music. Yeah. Um that is if we're allowed to land there and get off the plane <laughs> right. the US resident. But um Well, since people won't be able to see you right away, but hopefully soon, um, I'd like to play a tune off the beat music record. Cool. I want to play Bones. How's that sound? Sounds fantastic. I like the chicken parmesan line. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. All right, here we go.
Nice, man. I love that tune. Thank you. Where'd you record that record? You know, that was the first time of my music that I went of more of a piecemeal approach. So I was still still living in Jersey at the time. So everything was in New York. The main stuff that I've done uh, was done at the Bunker in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. Amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing, amazing studio. But um, for that music, a lot of it with all the synths and so much of it, you just kind of go direct anyway. Yeah. You know, so uh, my buddy Stu Brooks, amazing bass player who now is he's in L.A. now, but he was in Brooklyn, did some stuff at his house, did a bunch of stuff at home. Um, But this I I tried to really lean into the more production-y DIY angle. So it was a really rewarding process. It's kind of fascinating how much you can accomplish in that way of of creating, you know. Yeah. Did you guys mix it too? Or did you mix it? My buddy Steve Wall mixed it, who's in New hmm. Jersey. Yeah, he's just got a little studio at home and and again we went to high school together. So I've known him for a really long time. And um yeah, we have a great rapport and I'm grateful for him. It's kind of he knows where it needs to go and he, he gets it there and 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 more, you know. Yeah. That's great. Um You've been listening to anything, anything on repeat in your house, anything you're psyched on? You know, I do my best to reach for the new stuff, but I always end up back at my handful of records. I've been really um, trying to immerse myself more in folkloric percussion, West African percussion. And I mean, for me, it's interesting you mentioned new or old because for me, one of the most exciting discoveries is when you find something that is new to you that yeah. is 60 years old. And you're like, right. Yeah. Where have I been? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and really, I, I do believe when I'm trying to imagine the next step to take or where things might go, for me, the answers always come from what has happened and, and looking back and then investigating that stuff. It's like, man you know, you're finding things that really, truly do feel new and and like they were made today. If you could change maybe the fidelity or the production choices, the data, the stuff is as alive and fresh as ever, you know? Yeah. Or or on the same topic, 10 years ago, I heard Zambian rock for the first time and it's the newest sounding fucking thing I've ever heard. Rhythmically, sonically, song structure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that hits me the hardest, I realize I just need to get out of my head, you know? I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had this path as kind of a, for lack of a better term, like jazz-ish path. And Mm -hmm. and some of that music and some of that pursuit, speaking for myself, I could really end up stuck in my head and just be thinking a lot, you know? Yeah. what's the most quote sophisticated choice that could be made here? Like how can we make this chord more fucked up? You know, all these like materialistic potentially ways to validate your choices, you know, like, and man, I'm just trying to get more into my body, you know, and, and a lot of this music is helping me do that. But in doing so you realize how heavy and how sophisticated 
this seemingly dance music is or this this music for ritual or this music for a religious function or this you know all all the way it's so integrated into life you know yeah. i think that's another thing i've i've had the fortune of going down to cuba a couple times over the last couple of years i got invited by this guy aldo maza who runs cosa which is like a uh, educational platform and he invited me down and down there I've never been anywhere where there was more integration of music in life and even describing it as being integrated into life is a disservice because it's it's life it's not that you are including music in life it's just it's one big thing and for me it's like I'm just a person and then it's like oh let's play music now and then i become that person and i go do that and then the music ends and i go back to the person that isn't playing music you know and being down there and you know making some friends and being around them it's just it's all one thing there is no transition oh. to being a musician and be at any moment you know um music comes alive someone just starts singing and then everyone in the room is dancing and clapping and and that's, that's beautiful. The, yeah, that's the thing that I'm trying to chase, like get out of the at, at 3 p.m. I'll be a drummer, you know, and then at 430, I'll be a dad who's going to start to make dinner. Yeah. And then at seven, I'll be a baseball fan watching the game. And that, no, just it, let it let it yeah. all in. But particularly the music, um, having access to it at any moment is something that I'm trying to trying to find. You reminded me of something, and I, I would recommend this since you're in the same position I am. I had a wooden tongue drum in my basement forever. Sound, it's one of the, you know, it's four notes. Anyone who hits it and plays at any configuration with almost anything, unless they hit it too hard, sounds fucking beautiful, mm -hmm. right? I brought it upstairs finally. Between classes, my son consistently, every single time, walks out, he starts playing it every all fucking day. It's amazing. Amazing. And now and then I brought up a conga, so we just like five minutes. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And it, it really truly is integrated in my in my life. I mean, it's been a it's only been two weeks, but I'm gonna try to keep it alive. <laughs> right. If I no, have to bring that, a drum set up there, I will. Yeah. No, that that's beautiful. I think um yeah, even if it's just for a moment as you're walking by it, you're tempted to tap it. And this 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 is a whole other conversation, but I've identified a problem and I absolutely do not have an answer. So here you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will propose the issue. But I think um, maybe if we can start thinking about it together, maybe we land on something. But the idea of how can we not just get instruments into kids hands but not just instruments how can we get like incredible instruments really professional quality instruments in into kids hands because i think like you know the first impression you have your first experience of like creating sound and feeling feeling empowered of like whoa i just made yeah. i just wrote a song in between classes on zoom wow i'm I want to do this again. And then you keep returning, you know, and the, I get it. Of course, you know, um, your son says, Hey, I want to start doing this. You know, there's many, many 
levels at which you can enter a hobby financially. And it makes sense to start in the very, you know, beginner model of whatever it might be, whether it's a baseball glove or a guitar, a bicycle, you know. And I'm grateful that there are affordable versions of those. Like it all makes sense. I get it. But man, that thing, say like an acoustic guitar, I don't play guitar, but if you pick up a beautiful guitar and you just mm -hmm. play the open strings, you're hooked. Yeah. You're in a trance. The way the wood is vibrating and you feel that against your body and it's like, like, it's so empowering. I just made that sound, you know? And if you do it on a shitty kid's guitar, you're like, nah, I'm going to go to my, right. my Legos, you know? And I get the model makes sense. I get it there. Yes. You can buy a guitar probably for 40 bucks and you want the child to prove that they're into it. And then you get them the $150 one. And then yeah. I get it, but I'm just trying to put the energy into the world of how can we get the highest quality instruments into their hands because yeah. that's what's going to get them hooked, you know, feeling that sound and all that warmth. And cause there's so much more than just the notes that are, that are happening, you know, right. in those cases. Well, you know, that gets me thinking about two things and I'll say this really quick, but um, first of all, you got me thinking what, why are shitty instruments made? And of course, as you said, you know, it's a good starting point without blowing your money, but it's all commerce driven. Whether we like it or not, that's that's the world. So that's fine. It's not fine, but that's we're dealing with it. But why would you make a shitty guitar? Why, why put the fucking effort? You know, 400 years ago, someone would see you making someone making a shitty instrument and they'd be like, what are you doing? Right. This brings me to this. One of my favorite tour stories, and I can make this quick. I stopped at an auto grill in Italy. Ever been to one of those? Oh, oh God. Espresso, 70 euro cents <laughs> for one of the best espressos you'll have in your life. So first time ever, land in Milan, driving south with my bandmates who have been there twice before, and they can't stop talking about auto grill. It's, it's hard to understand how important auto grill is if you haven't been there before as an American. We go there. It's fucking bonkers. First time I'm, I'm already got like all my souvenirs within the first hour, and it's like bags of pasta. And just right, and just for context, them. it's it's a gas station, a rest a rest stop off of the New Jersey Turnpike, essentially, <laughs> but mind blowing quality. Yep. Yes. So I hop back in. I'm riding in the front of the splitter van for the first time, and I'm riding with Fabio, our driver, who speaks. Very little English. I speak no Italian. So I get the bright idea to say, the reason I'm so excited is because in the States, on the side of the road, the food is bad. That's what I want to talk to Fabio about, to explain to him why I'm so excited. It takes 45 minutes. Finally, I get there and I say something as simple as like, in the States, over there, the side of the road, gas station the food is terrible it's bad and he just go, i can tell he gets it and he looks at me and he goes why would you make bad food <laughs> there you go why the fuck would you take the time to make a bad anything mm. <laughs> you're eating it you're drinking it anyways that's that's uh, nice that's nice yeah again i know it's commerce driven but um quality instrument that that's a very very important i mean it could change the world 
It really could. Yeah. Um, so when things are tough for you, when you're bored, when you're stressed out, when you're frustrated during this pandemic, how do you get through the day? What do you do when you hit that wall? Yeah. You know, I think the wall usually comes from, again, kind of something I touched on is just putting too much energy into the things that I have no power over. You know, right now I feel great. So I can be an observer of those moments. The hardest thing to do is when those moments arrive, it's really difficult to be an observer, to not get completely lost in the drama of that, of that moment and let it win, you know? So I just do my best to, you know, take a deep breath and try to figure out what it is. And if I have the ability to identify it, then it's like, oh, of course, you're here again or whatever the whatever the emotion or the mm-hmm. the feeling might be um but i think like this time in particular pardon me if it sounds like a hallmark card but self love is needed more than ever you know and on the day when things don't feel great smile at that feeling and know that it's temporary, you know, and the, the days that it does feel great, like I was saying before, whether it's inspiration to maybe work on some music or something, just jump on that. You know, I think back on previous times or when things were quote unquote normal and you're like, yeah, oh, I, I'm inspired to try this thing, but now nah, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. Or, you know, it feel feeling like inspiration is more accessible or seemingly limitless at times, depending on where you're at in your musical path, you know, at eh, tomorrow I'll get to it. Or now more than ever, I'm like, if I have an itch of a thing, I got to run to the piano, run to the drums, try to check it out and invest in it because it might not be there tomorrow or, you know, so yeah, like the moments that don't feel great, or you feel a little stuck, notice that and be like, yeah, I'm a little stuck. Cool. You know, hang out with the family, just maybe not force it in that moment. And then the more you can like um, develop an amicable relationship with some of the shitty stuff, of course, the less power it has, you know, and the more we try to push against it or pretend like it doesn't exist or all that stuff, that shit is only going to build and build. So I like that analogy of just trying to like, oh, worrying, anxiety. Oh, you're here again. All right. Good to see you. Hey, what's new? You know? Yeah. And then before you know it, 10 minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but, but when you fight the stuff, it's just, it's only going to get stronger, as you know. Yeah. That's I, as I know. Fuck. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate it. It's nice talking to you. Yeah, great. This is this is really fun. Thank you. I appreciate you the invite. Yeah, and again, great seeing you uh, twice in one week. Exactly. exactly. I think the last time I saw you was at Revival, ten year anniversary the party. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm coincidentally rocking my Revival shirt. I saw today, that. So. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Thank right. you, man. Definitely appreciate it. Take care of yourself and. Um, I uh, hope to see you. I hope to get into another class or, or uh, talk to you on some level soon. Maybe see you at an airport. How good would that be? You know what that means if we're both at airports. Oh, geez. We're about to go play some fucking drums. I would hope so. 
<laughs> Hopefully the gig isn't at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us. Yeah. Hey, my, uh, Joe, you're up. Dueling. Oh, what? Dueling. Joe, you're doing the rock set now. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. As, as insane as this sounds... I would jump at the opportunity to oh, play a gig right now. <laughs> I know. Anyway, cool. Thank you so much, man. All right. Thank Peace you, man. Take care. All good.